0: Welcome to the Parent Guide to GCC podcast. This is episode number seven. Today's guest is the president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching. Hi there, and uh, welcome to the Parent Guide to GCC
1: podcast. Uh, hi, Kim. Uh, how are you doing? I'm great, and I'm super happy to be talking to you from all the way on the other side of the world. Well, almost.
0: Now, you just explained to us there's a slight uh, issue going on. Uh, where are you, and what's happening?
1: I'm in Toronto. and We've just had a major snowstorm last night. And so we're kind of uh, uh, like school buses have been cancelled. So we're home today. We're home today, working from home.
0: Well, we're in Peterborough, England, and uh, we were promised snow last night and nothing happened. So um, nothing. it's beautiful sunshine.
2: There are school children everywhere cursing the weathermen yeah. because <laughs> they wanted a day off.
0: A snow day <laughs> as a teacher, as yes. a is the best thing ever.
2: That's Indeed. right. So um, before we start with the million questions that we have, can you tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you got into coaching, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, so uh, I basically run a coaching company called Frame of Mind Coaching. I have a team of coaches and we coach uh, mostly leaders in any English speaking part of the world. So that could be England, Scotland, Ireland, Canada, the US, anywhere really. Uh, and I've been doing it for 15 years, maybe a little more. And um, what we do specifically is we look at how leaders think and how their thinking impacts their performance or their outcomes. And what's super interesting is while people come to us really to help them improve their work-related performance, inevitably we talk about their lives their homes, their families, their kids, their parenting. And so here we are in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I guess
2: for for our listeners, it's mostly going to be to start with about how their child's frame of mind is affecting their, uh, their approach to exams, to revision, to studying, particularly for the kids who we're finding are quite reluctant to start and it's about how they're maybe getting in their own way and what we can do as parents to to help them get over that little speed bump and figure out how we can get them started and in the right frame of mind to, to right. succeed.
1: So, you know, let's go back for a minute and talk about parents first, okay? So like, we'll we'll kind of like go back and then go forwards. Is that cool with you? Okay. All right. So So this whole idea of parenting is very confusing for a lot of people. Uh, and, and the role that parents play in the lives of their children becomes very uh, confusing, cloudy, contradictory. Like, it's all over the map, right? And so right away, just from the question you're asking, right there is the confusion, is what can parents do to help their kids as though it's the parents' role, job, responsibility to make sure their kids perform well. And the first thing I want to do is change that formula, right? And, and I'm sure a lot of parents who are listening on the other end of this podcast are going, well, what do you mean? Well, part of the problem we create from a very young age is we own our children's behavior, their performance, their outputs, their outcomes. And we don't actually hand over responsibility to our kids. We take it on. And so as I was mentioning to you before, I was listening to that one podcast that you had with your six students. One of the questions that you asked is what could your parents do to help you improve your performance or revise study, study more effectively for your exams? And they all said one key thing, like kind of stay away, right? Leave me alone. And parents aren't good at staying away. Parents are terrible at leaving kids alone and parents are terrible at really handing responsibility over to their kids. And so what they do is they watch what their kids are doing or not doing, and they're making judgments about it. And then they get involved. Well, I don't see you studying. Well, what's taking you so long? Why aren't you starting? And on and on and on and on. And so what happens is that the, the ownership for this study and the performance is kind of thwarted from those kids. And that has a negative long-term effect. And so the first thing I want to say is, as a parent, allow your kids to take responsibility for their educational journey. It's not yours to take on. Yeah, so that's part, part one. Yeah, because
2: that's where a lot of us struggle, I think. it's If you take that step back and you're watching them struggle because you you know what it looks like when you're successfully working and studying and things and you know when they're not doing that and you're watching them do that and you feel guilty because Mm -hmm. you feel like it's your responsibility as a parent to teach them to do it the right way and that mum guilt mum guilt will then lead you to interfere and intervene and then kind of start the whole cycle over and over again so that I think is is something that a lot of parents have told us they really struggle with is is being able to step back and let them make the mistakes without feeling like they need to rescue them.
1: Right, so let's talk about mom guilt, dad guilt, parent guilt for a brief moment because I think this is really important. So what happens when you see your kids floundering? You think, okay, well, I'm doing something wrong. I need to intervene. What do I need to do? I need to increase my discipline. I need to increase my structure. I need to maybe create some consequences or punish or restrictions. I need to take the phone away. I need to you know, help them uh, minimize their computer screen time. I'm gonna take away their computer, and on and on and on, right? Because yeah. we desperately want them to, to do well, yeah. right? Our intentions are good. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. we just want the best for our kids and we don't know how to go about it. So what do we do? We start creating restriction, right? Yep. Yeah. And implementing, implementing measures, you could say, right? Yep. Support. And, so, uh, <laughs> and the, the
2: mid-
1: <laughs> right. And so the minute we start doing that, what we've done is we've taken a bad situation and actually make, made it worse. So now the question becomes, let's go back to your original question. What is really getting in the way? What's stopping kids from starting, as you say? Why do they procrastinate? You know, why can't they get it done? And it's the same reason why adults sometimes can't get it done. Why adults procrastinate? Because something in their thinking prevents them, hinders them from taking steps. That usually has to do with how they feel about a certain activity, project, assignment right so if you feel totally equipped to go and tackle something will you go and tackle it sure you will if you feel ill equipped if you feel like you don't understand if you think that this is going to be hard if you think you're going to fail anyways if you think like compared to all the other people around you you're not a really top performer so are you motivated does that excite you not so much and so the real issue is when we when we look at our kids and we see them struggling the question is why are they struggling What are they thinking? What do they believe to be true about themselves and this assignment, this project, this exam that creates the slowdown? So rather than stepping in and starting to implement tactics and measures and discipline and all that stuff, try to understand how your child thinks and feels about the project ahead of them and try to help them address their thinking in a way that lines up with the goals that they have or that they want. So, again, one of, your, one of your kids on this podcast said, you know, my mom tells me I'm proud of me regardless, no matter what happens. They love me. They support me. They're proud of me, even if all I do is just pass. Yeah. yeah so big, so message big message, which is I am in your corner and your performance doesn't determine my support, my love, my affection, my belief in you. Mm -hmm. Okay,
0: uh, with a scenario, because we're now in sort of end of February, exams start around sort of first couple of weeks in May, Yeah, call it three months, Um, what advice, you know, if the child is is kind of not doing a huge amount of work and the the parent is nagging, and we're saying that nagging is not going to work, what's the first step that a parent should take to kind of, with such a short amount of time left, try and sort of get over this speed bump that we've talked of?
1: Okay. So, I, I, again, I want to make the distinction that kids aren't any different from human beings, okay? So, when, we, when I coach a leader, and let's call every kid a leader, okay? Every student a leader. But when I coach a leader, the first thing I start with is what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? And is your strategy helping you achieve that? Is your behavior, is your thinking, is your methodology helping you achieve your goals? So what that's we a, find is right often the the behavior the strategy isn't consistent with the goal.
0: That's quite handy because we've uh, we just well just we recorded a goal setting masterclass. Um, the thinking behind it being that if the child can see the end game,
2: the bigger picture, the bigger picture, mm-hmm.
0: what's beyond these exams, what's beyond you know, possibly university college wherever, then they can start to unravel what they need to do themselves rather than the parent saying you must do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, because a
2: yes. lot of them don't, don't Not know always. what they're headed for. So they don't know sure. where they can't sure. get there because they don't know where they're going.
1: Sure. So that's that's definitely very important is to help kids see where it is that they want to go. Having said that, very often you and I know where we want to go. We have no idea how to get there. And there's still something that gets in the way of us taking actions, the steps. So like take any subject, take weight loss. Sure, I want to lose 50 pounds. I'm clear about that. But for me to get from here to those 50 pounds, I lost. Right? I'm lost. Right? Like that's a whole other subject. And sometimes it feels that way for kids, that it's too big of a leap. It's too far away. It's too hard for them, that they are not equipped, that they don't have the intelligence, the skills, the discipline, the, the attention span, whatever it is. And so what do they do? They push it off or they make a little bit of progress and not nearly enough. And so the first step is, hey, here's your goal and here's your action. And will your action get you to achieving your goal? If not, okay, now we have a problem. What do you think needs to happen in order for you to achieve your goal? So, well, what I really need to do is, let's say, carve out some time every day to study. So, that's the plan, right? So, as adults, we're pretty, some of us are pretty good at creating plans. Guess what? Your kids are pretty good too. You know, when they want to get together with their friends, they know how to create a plan, right? So, it's not a planning problem that we have. Okay, some of us have planning problems. Some of us have trouble organizing ourselves and maybe we can use some help with that. But by and large, we don't have a planning problem. We have a thinking problem. And so now the next question is, okay, so I know I need to do this, but I'm still not doing it. The question is why? What's really getting in the way? And typically what's really getting in the way is all of these beliefs. Sometimes they're not even conscious about the fact that this is gonna be hard. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. This is, this is going to take too long. Right. All of that stuff. And that's the stuff that parents can help their kids address. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Apologies for the pinging there. You know, you put everything on silent and you forget to put one thing on do not disturb and the random device in the corner of the room starts pinging. No worries. We're talking about planning. Apparently I'm not great at it. (laughs) (laughs) And so in terms of their, their frame of mind, how, do, how can we help them figure out what it is that's, that's in their mind that's stopping them from getting where they want to be? Because often it's subconscious rather than something really obvious. We don't realize what the block is. How can we help to kind of uncover what it is and, and help them to begin the process of getting past it? Okay, so
1: again, I wanna go back to parenting for a minute and then we'll go back to answering this question. Mm-hmm. So, it's called parenting for a reason, right? Why is it called parenting? Because it's about the parent. It's not actually about the child. I often say jokingly that if it were about the child, it would be called childing. It's not called childing, it's called parenting. So, what does that really mean? That as a parent, your number one task is self management. Okay, so why is that? So, when my kid is doing what my kid is doing, sitting on the couch, talking to their friends, Skyping, whatever the heck they do, right? Instead of studying, instead of revising, that creates anxiety for me and I react. Okay? When my kid doesn't do what I want him to do or her to do, then that's a good reason for me to behave in ways that aren't always aligned. You know, I, I, that's a good reason for me to lose control, right? And that loss of control is an indicator, it's a modeling the behavior that you don't want your kids to take on. When I, when I see somebody doing something that I don't wanna do, that's a good reason for me to freak out. And what do my kids learn? that's a good reason for me to freak out when other people don't do what I don't, what I want them to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so the first role in terms of influencing your children is self-management. So don't freak out when your kids aren't studying. Okay. Rule number one. Yeah, Easier
2: said than done. I think sometimes it's because it's an ingrained mm-hmm. habit, isn't it? Right. It's the, the way part, that you respond yeah. in a situation as a parent and it's, it takes a lot of very deliberate practice to not continue that behavior. So, so
0: I mean, given the scenario, uh, your daughter's over on the sofa. She is Skyping, Snapchatting, whatever's uh, cool at the moment. Right. What would you do in that situation? Because you are sitting there feeling frustrated. You want yes. to say something, but you know better because, you know, that's, that's um, you know, step, how one. You, step one. <laughs> what would you do in that situation?
1: I would say, when you're done, can we have a chat? And so then I would say, hey, you know, like, you know, here's, I, under, I know that you have a goal ahead of you and here's what I see. And, you know, I'm feeling a little anxious and it's not mine to feel, but I'm feeling a little anxious. Like, tell me about your plan. So like, I'm relaxed about it. Right. Hmm. But here's the thing. And, and before we go into taking action, and, and this is the, the big thing for parents, I always want them not to take action so quickly. Okay. So. You're seeing your kid doing what your kid is doing. The question is, what is the story you're telling about that kid's activity? Oh my God, they're going to fail. They're never going to make it in life. They're going to end up on the couch for the rest of their lives. I'm going to have to support them forever. You know, they're never going to get anywhere in life. And all that stuff doesn't help. Yes. It's an invention. You're making stuff up, Right.
0: I I mean, totally agree with you. Um, But what I would say is that students, teens, kids, whatever—they're obstinate. They—they, if you have that discussion, the supportive discussion, a lot of the time it's going to make a difference. And and but there must be parents out there listening to this thinking, yeah, I've had that discussion. I've tried to support them, and they're still on the sofa. They're still on Snapchat. They're still on Skype. Yes. I've tried to be supportive, and now I want to nag, but they know that it's still step one is don't.
1: Yes. They're still on, they're still on the sofa and I still believe they're going to fail. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so what I'm really trying to say is as a parent, you really need to start to pay attention to what you believe to be true about what you see when you look at your kids. It's super important. Self-management. And then what are you seeing when you see your kids? So uh, let me just go back. I want to just share a story with you. Uh, One day I was at a conference. I ended up talking to this woman and she said, you know, my son, he's 20 something years old. And all he does is he sits on the couch all day long and he plays video games. And he won't talk to me. Like I talk to him and I'm really worried about him. And all he does is answer me with one word phrases.
0: There's a lot of parents nodding listening to this. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I asked her a question. I said, well, when you see your son, what do you see? He said, she said, I see a person who's not using his potential. I see a person who's lazy. I see a person who you know, has no direction in life. I said, well, he knows how you see him. And guess what? If someone saw you that way, would you want to talk to them? Yeah. Not yeah. so much. And right? so your job as a parent is to see what's awesome and amazing about your kids and reflect that to your kids. Even When. You can only see that 1% of the time. That's the 1% you have to reflect relentlessly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I um, listened to one of your podcasts from uh, from earlier today. Um, you talked a lot about um, essentially, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking about parents and, and uh, their children, relate, the child's relationship, uh, talking about dependence and independence. And I think essentially, I mean, There's too many kids out there who are entirely dependent, have no idea how to be independent as students, as people studying and revising, and and that probably is something that we need to start before the GCSE exam kind of period starts. Something we should be doing from from year seven or whatever it is uh, that we call it these days.
1: Yeah. Yes, we have to start when they are little and give them a responsibility for as much as we can as early as we can so age age appropriate responsibility Hmm. so you know and it goes back to little things like i remember i have five kids right and i can share with you about all my kids i have one who's super academic and knows how to study and can teach the world how to study more effectively i have one who hates school you know it's just not for him you know thanks but no thanks and he was the kid who was sitting on the couch I have them all. I have all the varieties you can think of, right? And, and I want to go back to that kid who's sitting on the couch in a minute, right? But I remember when my daughter was young, we were standing at the counter, we were cutting strawberries together, and she cut herself. And I said, okay, well, let's get a Band-Aid, let's clean that up. And as soon as she was done, I said, okay, well, we have a job to finish. We have to continue cutting our strawberries and she looked at me in shock like you're going to let you're going to trust me you're going to allow me to continue even though I've made this horrible awful mistake yes of course we have work to do right and so that action was teaching my my child we make mistakes we get up dust ourselves off and continue and i do trust you hmm. right so the way we react to our kids and what they do is super important but what's required in order to react is self management self control so so number one is self control number two is pay attention to the story that we're telling ourselves about our kids and is that story reflective of the story of success if it's the if it's reflective of the story of worry concern fear oh my god i see laziness i see all these negative qualities you need to clean that up because if that's the story you're going into a conversation with you're not in a position to influence your child positively, right? So now we have the kid who's sitting on the couch. And let me tell you that the kid who's sitting on the couch is somehow struggling. Yeah. And they're struggling with perhaps a little self-confidence. Perhaps they're struggling with executive operation strengths, right? They don't know how to organize themselves. Perhaps they're struggling with a sense of, I don't feel smart enough. I don't know how to study. Okay. So now we're talking about helping them tactically. But until we can walk into that conversation saying, hey, I know you want to succeed in life. I know your goal is to do well. I see the most positive qualities about you. And I suspect that you may be struggling. Let's talk about that. What is it that you believe to be true about this task, about your competence? And let's help you address that. So that's not a nagging conversation. No.
0: No, so right? yeah, yeah, absolutely spot on. It's, it's so easy to say, but uh, it is, it's just teaching yourself to um, press the pause button and not have that little jibe. Um, I don't think I'm particularly good at it.
1: No, I think no. I, I'm
0: getting better because, you know, I'm learning. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, so l- let me tell you a story about my son. So, again, five kids, one son he's in second year university and he it's like you know christmas time he just finished his exams he comes home one day and he has a meltdown okay so total complete meltdown i hate school um you know, I hate my classes. I hate my teachers. I hate my subjects. I can't concentrate. I can't understand what they're saying. I just hate it. And by the way, this is nothing new. He never really liked school, right? It was just not a thing for him. And the subjects that he did well in were always related to um, things he could do with his hands, you know, woodworking, sewing, anything to do with his hands. So one day I sat him down. I'm like, so why are you doing this? Why are you still kind of in this program? He was taking a business program in school. He said, like, well, I can't quit. I said, why not? Dad will kill me. I said, hold on a minute. I said, let me tell you right now. And he said, like, all oh, my siblings are doing super well. I suck. I'm terrible. And, you know, tears streaming down his face. And I, and I took him aside. I said, you listen to me right now. I said, you are going to succeed. You might not have a traditional path. You might not go down the road of university and getting a master's degree, but you are going to succeed. And we're going to take a sharp right turn right now. He was always interested in food. I said, what about culinary school? Mm-hmm. And within like a one week period, we completely switched his focus and his, and his kind of uh, direction in life. And he ended up going to culinary management school. So this kid who used to sit on the couch for days and days and hours and hours playing video games, watching TV and doing what we perceive to be lazy is now working 14 hours on his feet. Okay, so.
0: And loving it probably.
1: uh, Well, you know, ups and downs, but such is life. But the thing is he's engaged. He has a direction. He has a focus. He's putting all his time and effort. He's learning. He's growing. He's mastering something. Okay. So don't perceive your child's lack of engagement as anything other than some kind of struggle that they're experiencing right here, right now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I was going to ask a question just quickly. It's about emotional resilience. I think.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: Could you tell us uh, a little bit about it, please, and why?
1: Absolutely.
2: Because
1: it's something you studied in a, a previous role. I'm well so emotional resilience is really like the cornerstone of what we teach our leaders. And what is emotional resilience? Emotional resilience is the ability to bounce back from adversity with speed and agility and not only bounce back from adversity but take that adverse experience and do something positive with it. So something bad happens, you say okay, something bad happened, how do I turn it into an advantage somehow? So this is really what we're designed what we're meant to teach our leaders because the most successful leaders have a very, very high degree of emotional resilience. And part of emotional resilience has to do with interpretation. So when something happens, how do we interpret that event? Do we get frustrated? Do we decide like the world's out to get us? Do we lash out? Do we, you know, um, you know how do we respond to that kind of experience? And what we do is we teach people to really stop and think about what's happening, why it's happening, and how it's a benefit to them. So emotional resilience has to do with how we think about what's happening to us, about us, for us, and teaches people to interpret those events in a way that provides opportunity rather than punishment.
2: Yeah, so at the moment, a lot of our, our students, our, the, the families that we're supporting, are busy getting back mock exam results. So they've sat their practice tests and they've got back a set of grades. And for the most part, mock results, well, they suck, generally, because you've got another term at least until you do your exams, which means you've got probably a, a sixth of the course that you haven't covered yet. Uh, and so there's gonna be stuff that you, you haven't done yet. You won't have got as far as all the exam techniques, that's something we teach towards the end because there's no point until you've covered all the content. And students often get back their mock results and, and they go one of two ways. They either shut down completely, this means I'm rubbish, I'm going to fail, what's the point anyway? Or they go with, um, well, I'm not going to end up with this and they push themselves that little bit further forward. And I guess that's, that's them showing their emotional resilience actually in, in practice. So for those that have children that look like they might be, Aiming in the other direction, the I can't possibly do this. Are there any strategies that they
1: could use as as teenagers? So, if I had a group of teenagers in front of me, I would say to them, "Hey, you're going to get your results, and one of two things is going to happen, right?" So, I would I would preempt it, and I would say, "Like, pay attention to your emotional reaction, because your emotional reaction will determine what you do next." So, I would equip my kids to pay attention to how they respond when they get negative news negative information about themselves and say you might your tendency might be to shut down but we don't have time for that so here's the strategy the minute we get our results even if we're not happy with them we're going to identify the places where we need to do a little bit more work and we're going to build a plan so that you know yeah they might feel that sting but then they mobilize quickly right so we're equipping them to handle their emotions not just the numbers yeah and
2: that's so important because i mean it's not it's not long after their gcse's our teens are 17 now and so they'll be off to university in september and we're busy regularly thinking oh my goodness they're going to have to go and do this on their own they they're going to have to feed themselves in a few months they're going to, and there's not going to be anyone to nag them to wash their clothes put their clothes <laughs> in the wash basket Brush anything along teeth. those lines how will they possibly cope but we need to kind of reframe that and start equipping them with the right strategies
1: to be able to then go out and face the world on the right. Well, before we equip them with the right strategies, you have to change your thinking as a yeah. parent and see your kids as totally capable and equipped. Because if you don't, what happens? You're sending them off with a fear, with worry. What do they pick up? Your worry. And what do they feel? Worry too. They pick up on their, on their parents emotional state, and they embody that emotional state as they move forward, right? So this is, this is a very, very, very important part of the equation, how do we feel about our kids as they go off and do their thing? If we, if we send them off with fear, they have fear too. You know, let me tell you about another one of my kids who went off to university, and he went away. So he was in residence the first night, literally, he cried the whole night. Ride saying, "Oh my God! I think I made the wrong decision. I'm in the wrong place. I'm not comfortable. I don't. You know, this is not my room. This is not my bedroom. It's not my pillow. It's you know, and and on and on and on." And he literally stayed in bed, like with his head covered over his, you know, with. And every kid is different. I said you need to get up, you need to shower, you need to go eat breakfast, you need to talk to the person sitting beside you in the cafeteria. That's what you need to start with. And so in that moment, it was just total mobilization. Here are the actions you need to take because he couldn't think it through. But at the same time, it was like, what is the fear? You won't adjust, you will adjust. Here are all the times you've adjusted in the past. Yeah. You know, and, and addressing the emotional state that they go into this experience with. I
2: guess if you can vocalize the emotion that you're feeling, that helps you to get to the point where you can start to address it, doesn't it? Because you're acknowledging that that's what it is. That's what's happening in your brain. That's what you're worrying about. And then you can start going through the process of actually, do you know what, what what is the worst that could happen? How would we then pick ourselves up after that? Because we can. And so it's not really the end of the world. It's not as bad as we think it's going to be. So why not just bypass that whole bit where we hit rock bottom and worried about it all the time and move straight forwards into the actually things
1: are going to get better so So you're 100 percent right right like if we can express how we're feeling but so what is the role ideal role of parents to build the kind of relationship where your kids feel comfortable expressing how they're feeling so when you're nagging at them that's not the relationship that gets built when you're worried about the actions they're taking and the plans they make and how many hours they're studying and, you know, that kind of thing, you're not building the relationship that enables your kid to say, you know what? I'm worried. I don't think I'm smart enough. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, we, we have a friend who uh, is very much the, the nurturing kind. She has that kind of relationship with her child. Her husband is a nagger and She struggles because she's watching this, this interaction and knowing that it's not helping, but she doesn't know how to, how to help him to understand that, to build that relationship with their child to the point where you can have that kind of honest conversation.
1: Is my recommendation? Yeah, I have two recommendations. Number one is she could talk to her husband and say, what's your goal? Your goal is this your approach isn't helping you reach your goal. Your approach is actually causing your son or your daughter to feel very defensive and it's causing her to shut down. And when when she shuts down, you're not able to have positive influence, right? So like help him understand that his actions are leading him away from what he really wants and help him see that these instead actions would move him towards what he wants. So that's part A. Part B is, coach your son or daughter is it a son or a daughter son Son. coach your son to say here's how you talk to dad when he's like this here's how you say dad that's not helpful here's what i need instead but do not get in the middle of the conversation and try to mediate (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) have a word to each party separately
1: yes and coach them to get what they want so with the son, it's, hey, you want to have a good relationship with your dad? Teach him how to have a good relationship with you. And hey, dad, you want your child to be effective? When you nag him, what you're really saying to him is you suck. And that doesn't increase his, his competence, his confidence, and his ability or his willingness to jump in and, be, and succeed. What it does is his, it, it shuts him down. It puts him down. Yeah
0: kind of ringing bells with my daughter and uh, her um, inability previous inability to tidy her bedroom uh, I'd walk past it honestly it was disgusting but rather than encouraging her to carry on the tidying that she was she had started um, I just have a chip it looks disgusting there's probably rats in there and uh, and she just shuts down and, and it, it's very easy to to see it now but um, and, and now it's tidy it's so much easier to walk past and go great job it looks fantastic and you can see her kind of with pride and it's kind of the same thing
2: yeah if you mm.
0: nagging all the time about whether it's room tidying or revision yes it doesn't create the right reaction in the child
2: yeah whereas the conversations <clears throat> I was having with her was She'd started the Marie Kondo process, which Amazing. we kind of love, and yeah. uh, she'd she'd got everything out into piles and was busy sorting it into you no, know, I'm, I'm I'm keeping this. Well, <coughs> thank you, you've served your purpose. You can you can go to the charity shop or you can go in the bin. And she was working her way through, and she'd got this mountain to work through, very much like kids with revision, this huge pile, this daunting task to begin with. And so what I would say to her is just, even if you just do a little bit, you're getting closer to the end. So go do 15 minutes and then come down and we'll, we'll do something else to kind of relax for a little bit. Just start do right. a little bit because it's getting you closer. And at that point she'd be like, all right, I'll go do a little bit of that. And that got her there in the end. And in the end she'd asked me for help because she'd got to the point where she was putting stuff away. So I was allowed to be involved because otherwise I throw away all the things that mm-hmm. she loves. Apparently, you know how it is. And, uh, she we we put all the stuff away together and it looks beautiful and, and she can now see that it was worth all the time and the hassle but i mean it took four or five weeks this entire process and her room is not big so it was you had to climb around a mountain of things to get to anything and right. you really struggled because you couldn't see the progress no. and i think we're the other way around with the boys we have issues with i don't know the, the lack of positivity from one of them who is captain negative and everything is just doom and gloom and i
1: really struggle with how to deal with that with how to speak to So him. be specific what does he say and what do you say give me like one great example let's work through Well
0: it. Uh, i'm quite happy to step in there if uh, and hope he doesn't listen to this but if he does <laughs> I'm talking to you Luke um uh, he'll come in from school, uh, they're driving themselves now, so they come through the door and uh, as soon as he comes in, he can smell the food and it's, um, it's spaghetti bolognese. But three weeks last Tuesday, I promised him pizza. So rather than coming in and saying, hi, how are you doing, have you had a good day? It's like, oh, I thought we were having pizza tonight.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I and the, um, the, 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 <laughs> I'm
0: sitting there, I've been in the kitchen for an hour, hour and a half, creating this fabulous... Uh, and all I get is this chuntering, uh, and all I want to do is cheerfully kill him, which apparently. <laughs> so what know, do you do? I, well, I probably react um, in the wrong way. I I just get a bit grumpy. So I've, I've been literally cooking. I've done a hard day of work and then I started cooking and I'm, I'm still not done. And and by the way, you could be a little bit more grateful.
2: I, um, more often, I think you do the whole, it's lovely to see you too, Luke. Have you had a good day? And we and try and reframe it. I, I'm probably more likely to, what are you doing? Your father's <laughs> been cooking for an hour. Pay attention. Right. Be nice. Be polite.
1: Be positive. Right. right. Yeah. So, so here, this is, this is the thing. This comes back to this whole issue of self-control, right? So when you pay attention to that one snide remark he makes, what happens is it all, all of a sudden expands. It takes up the whole room. Hmm. Yeah. Right? When, when you say, okay, so he made one snide remark. Let's pay attention to everything else. That snide remark becomes really, really small. Hmm. And, but
0: from his point of view, how do we encourage him to, if we're coaching him, uh, we need yes. to make sure he comes in and uh, he's kind of full of the joys of spring rather than sitting there immediately. Well,
1: commenting. does he have to be full of the joys of spring? So what well, you're saying is, what you're and and I'm using your expression thank you uh what you're saying is if my kid isn't coming into the house cheerfully I am affected so I need my kid to show up a very specific way in order for me to feel peaceful
2: I think the story Mm -hmm. we're telling ourselves is he's going to go off in a few months and he's going to be surrounded by new people who don't know him and the impression they're going to get of him is this negative doom and gloom always kind of mood hoover sucks the yeah. fun out of the room oh Actually. do
1: you think that his friends feel that way about him no oh. you think he's <laughs> like that in public i
0: we don't see an awful lot of his interactions at school because he goes to school sort of different cities at work
1: like you're you're you know you must have family friends who come over do they say hey your son is really down all the time
0: uh, no? i i think he's <laughs> it seems to be an awful you know much you know, he's normal he just Whatever does else, it to it us just, yeah, <laughs> Uh, and then, okay. you know, coming so, back to the joys of spring thing, I mean, yeah, I don't, he doesn't need to come in skipping and hopping you just come in and, uh, uh, hi, how are you doing? I guess. Yes. So then, you, then,
1: then your response is, hello, how are you today? Is the right response. It's yeah. a good way to go. But the other thing to do is to, after the fact, say, hey, you know, like, so the moment has passed, say, you know what, when you come in and I've been working and you say this, it kind of, you know, leaves me feeling like I'm working hard, but nobody really cares or it's not going, you know, like it's not valued. That doesn't mm. leave me feeling so great. So, you know, I get that you wanted pizza, but is there another way we can that we can talk about that or that you can communicate that?
0: So basically do it outside of the moment. So, yeah. You know, get-
1: yeah. But you know, like, I think it's okay to say, this is how this conversation left me feeling. So I'll give you an example a little over a year ago, my mother passed away. And, you know, obviously it was a tough time, but after, you know, the one week of mourning was over, uh, my kids went back to their lives, right? And I remember talking to my daughter and my daughter is an amazing, amazing girl. And she would call me, but she would talk to me about her life. Here's what happened. Here's this person said this, or I'm working on this or studying for that, or marks in here, marks in there. And, you know, it was all good and well, but Never was there a time when she said, well, how are you? You know, your mom just passed away a a week ago. How are you doing? You know, no space for that. And so one day I said, you know, like, here's how I feel. And she said, oh my God, you're so right. I apologize. And there was an immediate adjustment. But what I'm doing here is I'm saying, hey, I'm talking to you because I'm a person too. And what you say and do matters to me. Right, what how you show up because we're in a relationship together, so I'm entitled to say this is how I'm feeling.
2: Yeah, I think we do a lot of assuming that other people understand how we feel without having ever told them, right? And they don't because we all exist in our own little bubble with all our things that are currently bothering us, and we don't always give everyone else the same headspace, we don't think about how they feel in the same way that we think about how we feel. Right. So it's, it's having those conversations, I guess, about but, actually but, explicitly saying, this is how I feel about this.
1: Yes. But it's also not evilizing him. Like he's a negative nilly or whatever you want to call it, Nelly, um, right? You don't, you don't want to like, like put this big, huge blanket over him that says, oh my God, he's going to go out into the world and suck the energy out of the world. Like, no, stop that. Don't do that as parents say look when you do this in this situation it leaves me feeling like i'm working and nobody nobody values it like it's not a great feeling if you don't want me to make dinner i won't make dinner hmm. right i
0: mean yeah i know we're talking a little bit too much about him here possibly we're going into family counseling yeah. now we're um, sorry yeah but I, I, oh, right. I think this does this resonates with a lot of parents so i yeah. think you know yeah. i think it it might be uh, sort of something that we're dealing with but i think uh, people listening to this will understand um he, you know, he, he just—he is. I think he's emotionally intelligent. I think he just needs—he just needs the kind of the nudge in the right direction.
1: Well, he needs your honesty. Just have an honest conversation with him. Sit down with him. Have a chat.
0: But outside right? of the moment. Yeah. 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 And maybe the next night, I'll do him pizza. <laughs> <If> <laughs> sure. He was speaking,
1: yeah. Sure, but but don't make it contingent on his response. No, 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 no. right? So. Yeah. And if you promise pizza, then why aren't you following through?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? Where's my
0: pizza? <laughs> <laughs> something must have gone wrong with the ordering process. I don't know. <laughs> but,
1: but, but, you know, that's a whole other subject, right? Like, so if your kid is, is expecting something from you because you said that you were going to do it, why aren't you following through? And what message does that give your kids? So if you say, hey, like we're going to go out tomorrow night and watch a movie and tomorrow night comes and there's no movie, what do they learn? Well, you know, what, what, what mom and dad say is fine, but I don't believe them. Mm. Yeah. So, so what are you creating in this relationship? And I know it's a silly conversation over pizza, but it matters. Are you following through? Are you keeping your word? Mm. Yeah. 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 It
2: is important. And. So kind of moving slightly back to where we should be here if you it's all very well saying I can have an honest conversation about how I am feeling if it's the other way around if it's your child who is perhaps overly stressed is anxious is getting really kind of really worked up over worrying about the possible outcomes you know what's going to happen when they get their results back or or whenever or when they get to sit in the exam hall and they're panicking about that, is there a, how do you get them to open up with you about the way that they're feeling? Cause that's something that is quite challenging for some mm-hmm. parents. It's, if they haven't built that relationship where they can have those emotional conversations as of yet, how do you start that process or how do you encourage them to start that process? Is it just
1: by doing that yourself and leading by example? For sure. Leading by example, but it's also Like, you know, when your child knows that you see them in a positive light, even if they're struggling, even if they fail, even if they don't do well on an exam, but if they know you see them in a positive light, regardless, then they're much more willing to go there with you to the dark places. Because what is anybody always trying to do? Preserve themselves, preserve their image preserve their ego, yeah. right? That's what we're always trying to do. Yeah. So if we are able as parents to see our kids positively, regardless of circumstances, then they're more likely to come along the journey of exposure.
0: And mm. um, right? that comes back to the, uh, the podcast that you talked about with the students. They, uh, they talked quite openly about Mr. Gillespie. Uh, And one of the comments I specifically remember, the maths teacher, um, was that they said he just really believed in us. Everything that we did, he just instilled this, you've got this, you are going to do brilliantly. You're going to beat your grades, your target grades. And that was the constant message he kept giving. And he just, they started believing it. And uh, sure enough, they all went and did brilliantly in the end. So kind of pretty much backs up exactly what you just said.
1: So when we go to this whole question of parenting and you want to get to a place of, I want my kid to talk to me, it's not like a one minute experience, right? Like You're not going to make that happen in five minutes when all along you've been nagging and seeing the negative. So your job is to start snapping the picture when it looks good. What does that mean? It's like you need to catch your kids doing anything and everything well and right. It doesn't matter if they put their shoes to the left or the right, but you caught them the right way right? So like whatever you can notice that's awesome and amazing about your kids, pay attention to those things, bring them to the surface. Don't say, well, they should be doing that, right? Like that's normal. I'm not going to like reward them for behavior they should be doing anyways. Yes. Reward them for behavior, everything. And I don't mean reward, like here's a treat. I mean, notice, notice the awesome and amazing qualities about your kids. And make that your mission in life. And when you do, then you're building a relationship. Then your kids say, "Hey, my kids see what's my parents see what's good and awesome about me. So now I'm okay. I feel safe to expose where I'm struggling, because then I know they're not going to beat me up. They're not going to punish me. They're not going to nag me. They're not going to put impose discipline and consequences on me. They're going to help me work through it."
0: And that's exactly what you said in your podcast about leaders. You pick on all the positives. Um, make sure they believe in themselves, develop them that way. You keep the negatives to one side and just keep building them, building them. The negatives eventually go away quite quickly.
1: It requires a great deal of self-discipline for a leader and a parent to focus on what's good and right instead of what's wrong and incorrect.
0: I think that's uh, almost a a perfect place to finish. Um,
2: Sorry, parents, you've got homework.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've got homework.
2: Yeah, i afraid so. But well, thank you
0: very much. There's so many positive or so many important messages, positive messages in there for uh, for, for our listeners. Yeah. So uh, appreciate your time. Thank you very, very much. It was a
1: pleasure and it was a lot of fun. And I really do hope that the listeners, whoever's listening on the other end does get some value. So thank you for the opportunity to to share that with, uh, with everybody.
0: Thank you. After the recording, Kim very kindly offered a 15 minute complimentary coaching call for any of our listeners. The link you'll need is in the show notes. Thank you very much for being up with us. If you'd like to know more about how you can support your child through their GCSEs, then head over to parentgoingtogcse.com. See you next time.